Welcome, Guardians. It's December 29th, 2015, and you're listening to Ghost Whispers, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 9, and this week we're going to be discussing some more of the new lore as we close out the year and talk a bit about uh, what we have on tap for uh, 2016. Uh, With me today, we have Handsome Dragon. How's it going, X-Ray? Pretty good. What have you been up to? Uh, Just, you know, playing Destiny, uh, doing the whole life thing, holidays, family, work. (laughs) It's been pretty pretty hectic here. I can I can say that. Um, so we've had oh, Sparrow Racing wrapping up, and uh, Iron Banner just uh, started yesterday. So I'm sure you've been mm-hmm. hitting that up, huh? Oh yeah, I played a, played a lot last night, and uh, I'll probably play a, quite a bit as soon as we finish up here. So it should be fun. Well, maybe I'll jump in with you. Uh, and then we also have Drop Slash. What's up? Hey, it's been a while, but I'm fi- I'm finally back. <laughs> I was a I was a literal ghost on one of the last episodes, but now I'm back to recording. It's been crazy holidays and meeting with people and having people over and cramming in as much sparrow racing as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an awesome time. I don't think I ever beat your record though, Dragon. I yeah I uh, I don't know how I got that time to be honest, but uh, well put it out there. What time? What'd you get? Uh, four oh six was my uh, was my top. Nice. Well, do we know what the uh, what the record was? <laughs> the raw man uh, a is lot crazy. Overall? Yeah, it's like was somebody it? Yeah. got it in like three forty nine or something like that. Holy cow! Yeah. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so. those. It's the people who had mastered sort of the infinite overdrive on Timebreaker and Grave Robber. Uh. Those guys, man. I did a few races after reading about that guy and how quickly he did it. Uh, he said 349 was the safest, fastest. You can do it faster, but you're really running the risk of blowing yourself up. Uh, I switched to Timebreaker for a little while, and I hit some pretty fast times. It was nuts, but I'd, uh, I need those, the lateral jukes and doing tricks is my <laughs> thing. So I stuck with the yeah. sparrows a lot. The risk versus reward there is is pretty pretty slim, so... But yeah, the, it's a it was a great way to to pick up some gear and level up uh, your class items and, and helmets if you needed some stuff. So that was pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been running some some Iron Banner and and doing okay. I feel like it's uh, I've got a lot I've I've hit a lot of lag um, with with other players, but uh, overall I feel like the the all the changes to the guns have been pretty good. Uh, I'm happy with the fact that. I'm not being killed by the same gun over and over. I mean, yeah, I'm getting killed by the Mida a lot now, but that's because it just, you know, just got released and Zer sold it and and everything else. But mm-hmm. I'm also getting hit by auto rifles and pulse rifles, and so. But I'm I'm having a good time uh, looking to to get those pretty new helmets for my mm-hmm. my three characters. Yeah, and I've noticed, even though I'm getting killed by Mida a lot, you know, that seems to be the the gun that is always showing up in the kill feed. I've also noticed that I've been able to outduel the Mida with pretty much any weapon type that I've used, whether I'm using you know, Doctrine of Passing, Last Word, another scout rifle. You know, I've always I'm always able to kind of go to toe to toe. So kinda of like you said, I think it's just everyone's using it and that's why you're seeing it 
a lot. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, stay on this too long, but I thought it was pretty funny. I saw a few um, a few posts about how people are still complaining about shotguns and how they can't outshoot a shotgun with like their Mida, and I'm like, you know what? You're not supposed to be able to. If you're that close with <laughs> with a with a pulse rifle or with a with a scout, you're not going to outshoot a shotgun. You know, it's, it's right. All right. All right. Conspiracy <laughs> theory D, which has the range of a Mida multi tool. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite, but yeah, I, I hear you. Um, it, I, I feel like everything's pretty, pretty well balanced again, or I don't, shouldn't say again, I guess it, there's always been kind of that one gun that you're just, you know, pissed off when it kills you. And <laughs> now it's not as bad. I don't think at least not that I've seen yet. So, still all right, seeing, well, what else we got? Oh, go ahead. I'm still seeing last word out there, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, last word and Hawk moon. I, this, there was a guy I played with the Hawk moon and he, I mean, it felt like he was like two shot me the whole time so maybe it was a little lag too but that guy knew how to knew how to wield it he was he was top of the leaderboard on the other team so he knew it was up but uh all right let's let's uh let's move along here a little bit let's first uh throw a couple of our our quick announcements out there um if you didn't hear the past couple episodes or haven't seen any of our twitter posts we've got a what we're calling a fan chat slack uh, iteration. Uh, if you want to join us and some of the other listeners and just talk some lore and maybe pick up some games if you're if you're looking for some people to, to play with, uh, shoot us an email at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Put fan chat in the subject and we will send you an invite to the Slack uh, application and get you in there to to start meeting some of the other people that enjoy the podcast. Uh, it's been pretty fun. We've had, had some great conversations and we've got met some, some really interesting people. <laughs> and that's not, a, that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, they, a lot of different personalities and are, are kind of coming out and, and, uh, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a turning out to be a pretty, pretty fun group so far. Um, and we are on Facebook. If you want to find us there, uh, we are, uh, slash D Ghost Stories on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at D Ghost Stories, and you can find our podcast on both uh, Podbean and iTunes. Um, you know what? I haven't checked with uh, with Android yet to see if if uh, they've done any more with their new podcast functionality. I will check that out and get a post out on Twitter, or uh, we'll talk about it on one of our upcoming podcasts and see where where that lies um you know what let's let's take a minute uh since we are at the end of 2015 let's talk about what we have enjoyed this past few months and what we're looking forward to in the upcoming year so uh go ahead uh, i guess drop what do you what do you think uh i don't know I was, when i was writing the show notes i was thinking about this and how sort of like crazy and almost whirlwind it's been uh, and it wasn't that long ago, like, uh, you know, my introduction to all this was just, you know, I posted a lot on destiny lore and went back and forth with some folks and, and then it was really Scoob. Uh, I got in touch with him on destiny timeline and we started putting those pieces together and, and built that into what it is. And we're still making adjustments to it and working it out. And I guess it was fun to be part of like an actual real online project. And then as I was doing research for that, uh, I would post it on the Destiny Lore Reddit, 
That's where I met Beta for the first time. Because uh, I was trying to figure out the significance of the Roman numerals that appear on all the Titan logos and banners and things. Uh, and we ended up getting into this like ridiculous, like 20 response deep <laughs> thread on where the Exos came from and what the Deepstone Crypt is and what the future war cult's doing and just sort of went like it was ridiculous. It was so much fun uh, just digging super deep into all those things. And there's some other great people there who just chimed in with like little tidbits that I hadn't noticed. And uh, and I just thought it was like going along, incorporating what I could into the timeline. And then I get a message from you, X-Ray, on about.me, which was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to find you. All I knew is that uh, I asked Beta, I said, hey, uh, who should we who should we pull into this whole podcast idea? And he said, oh, there's this guy Dropslash. I talked to him like, well, let's look him up. And I saw that, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll contact him that way. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, just said that you were, you were friends with Beta and you guys were possibly putting together a podcast about lore and g- gave me a Slack invite where I met uh, Gabble and Dragon and sort of got up to speed and it was like awesome. And then we, like, we need one more to make a fire team of six. Like, yeah, why not why not get Scoobin on this? So I sent him a message being like, Hey, these these dudes are putting together a lore podcast and you know, as the guys who built the timeline were invited to it. So he jumped on board too, and it's been awesome since that. So yeah, I, yeah, I I uh, I I feel the same way. It's it's pretty amazing and, and as much as much as little as we actually get to uh to interact uh because of schedules and things like that, every time we start recording now um compared to the first time it just flows you know it's like we're it, it just feels like we've we've known each other a lot longer than these past few months and uh mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome so well what are you uh what are you looking forward to uh coming up this next year anything specific well i finally and this is my fault for taking so long on this got the books of sorrow notes done so part two of of that uh that ghost story is coming soon we'll We'll do that probably early 2016. It's going to be a monster oh, of an episode. Thank, thank you, thank goodness. I, we get a we get a message like every day about that. At least they're like, "When's Books of Sorrow two coming out?" It was so good. The first one was so good. We can't wait. But great. So that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, and that's not all on all on you drop. You know that was because it's such a big one. We've wanted to make sure we have, you know, if not all of the fire team, at least five of us kind yeah. of on there. And uh, with the holidays and everyone doing stuff with their families and friends, it's it was we had a couple of days where we were like, all right, let's try to do it this time. And you know, only maybe three, maybe four of us could get on. And so we're like, you know what, we'll just we'll save it for another time. Yeah, so I think I still think that was one of the only episodes. Well, yeah, it was one of the only episodes that all six of us were on. I mean, Gavel was kind of in the background, just, you know, throwing out. <laughs> little jabs and and jokes every once in a while but he was still on you know so so i think we need to to, if we're going to continue with part two we need to to try to do the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's good it's i've done so much research uh for those notes i'm I'm really looking forward to to get into the bottom a lot of these things and even in the past month or so there's been so much new lore introduced and it affects how we view things and what we know what we think we know so keeping it not just getting them done, but keeping them current every time we discover something new. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing, uh, you know, we're going to get into the races of Destiny, and I know that Beta and I are going to have a ridiculous episode when it comes to talking about the Exos, so that'll be super <laughs> fun. 
Uh, I want to put together some stuff for factions. I'm a huge Dead Orbit fan, so I'll also argue with Beta about the superiority of Dead Orbit <laughs> over the future war cult. <laughs> yep, he'll love that. Uh, and as for the game itself, uh, you know, Destiny 2 is scheduled for the end of 2016. So, you know, leading up to that, I'm sure we're going to get tons more information. And I'm looking forward to really learning more about Osiris uh, and the ramifications of our, our actions following the Taken King. Like, as we get through the Books of Sorrow, and we've talked about this a bit on some other episodes where, especially in the Toland episode, where it's like, we we upset a lot of plans by just sort of marching in there and taking out this, you know, proto-god, hive-taken, darkness monster giant. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like that didn't happen in a vacuum. Like that, there's going to be ramifications and repercussions for our actions. So I'm looking forward to finding mm-hmm. out what those are. Definitely. Awesome. And, uh, you know, something we talked about and we we kind of just haven't had time to really go into it we were going to try to end the year with kind of a, a crazy theory episode because we stick pretty much to proven facts and, and we try not to to really speculate too much but uh but i'm kind of curious i'd love to hear some feedback from the listeners if you think like some of our our kind of outlandish theories would be something people would want to listen to i don't want to i don't want people to get you know misled or, or listen to an episode not really know what to expect from it and go away saying oh my gosh did you know this meant this when it absolutely doesn't but i still think it'd be a fun kind of episode to have we'd have to like throw a disclaimer up every like 15 minutes just in case somebody (laughs) (laughs) jumps in halfway but but yeah if you're listening and think that would be something fun you'd like to hear or even contribute to by sending us some of your crazy theories let us know i think that'd be a fun thing to do yeah, I think Anon Pig would be a. He'd have a, a, a field day throwing his his theories out there. Yeah, he's one of our new friends over in Slack. He's got some some uh, some crazy theories, and you know I say crazy, but some, one of them I read today I was kind of I thought was pretty good. So we'll have to we'll have to talk to him a bit more. Uh, so what about you, Dragon? What a you have anything you want to want to talk about or say from this past year yeah, was, or for the upcoming year? Yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, I kind of just a little backstory, um, you know, how I got here is, you know, I joined Dad's Destiny Uprising, you know, it was, I think it was a few weeks before House of Wolves dropped, and um, that's where I, I met Gabble, Beta, X-Ray, I met you there, um, but for the most part, I live on the, I live in Arizona, and you guys are all kind of central of the U.S., and so just the time zones never really worked, and so I never really, I think I may played an Iron Banner with you here or there, but never really played that much, but just in our Slack, we would communicate and, you know, Gabble was the guy I always debated, <laughs> you know, what was cheesing on Crota, what wasn't, you know, is this just taking a shortcut or is that cheese? And so we'd always kind of go back and forth. Uh, you know, of course, X-Ray was the guy that joked around with everybody and was kind of like the clan punching bag and everyone had fun with that. And Beta was the, he was the lore guy and beyond my comprehension at the time like i couldn't didn't understand why he he didn't under or he didn't enjoy house of wolves very much and you know he even made a post saying he's like you probably won't see me in game very much but uh if you want to talk lore you know where i am and <laughs> of course that was the uh the destiny lore channel in our slack and so you know i was i'd go in there from time to time and i'd glance at the lore chats going on and it was just you know all german to me pretty much i'd think oh i kind of oh the traveler i, I know i know who he is cool but it was it didn't make any sense to me and you know, it was 
it was always something I was curious about, interested in, and uh, but I was more interested in going to the lighthouse, completing raids, and things like that, than really delving into the lore. And then uh, it was a few mo- couple months later, you know, I get a message from X-Ray, and he's like, "How much? You know, what do you think about the lore? Do you understand it?" And I was like, "I think I do. You know, I I'm not crazy into it, but you know, I kind of know what's going on." And so he kind of asked, he's like, "You know, would you be interested in?" you're doing a podcast with me and get gabble and beta and so of course that's heck yes and so I, I came into the slack and met drop and scooby and of course it felt immediately uh <laughs> insignificant <laughs> and uh, and my first thought was you know what the heck am i going to be able to contribute with these guys in here and that's how i then, feel all the time yeah go yeah, ahead and that's actually reminded me there of course <laughs> nick you know <laughs> if i can do it anyone can so you know it's it's always been fun, you know, X-Ray and I always joke about being the the ones who don't lore and you know we're just we're just kinda here to to talk. But you know, I've it's been amazing how much I've learned just in the couple months being here. I I can actually talk about things and feel like I, I know what I'm talking about and so that's definitely a thanks to the being part of this. But yeah, it's definitely been, been an amazing experience here. Um I love being a part of something that's bigger than me even though you know we created this i don't think anyone on one of us expected it to kind of be what it is now but it's it's amazing i love being a part of the the community the this community that i love with destiny and you know just like drop said for what he's excited for i'm excited for book of sorrows part two that's a that was really what got me into the lore once i read the book of sorrows uh, that was or the books of sorrow that's when i I was like, all right, I like this stuff. I want to know more. And so I'm excited to delve deep on that. Um, Dwindler's Ridge Saga. I know yeah. Gavel's dreading that one. <laughs> that, that'll be a, <laughs> that's going to be a fun one to talk about. And, uh, and Rasputin, we haven't really talked too much about him yet. So he'll be a, he'll be a good one to dive into. So yeah, I think, uh, I think 2016 is going to, going to be awesome. If you've enjoyed anything we've done so far, I think, I think next year is going to be crazy good. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just uh, call 2015 our uh, three months of getting our act together and <laughs> figuring out how to do all this stuff because it's been been quite a quite a learning experience. But uh, but I think we're getting better. Um, you know, well, I, you know what? I'm gonna. Are you done? I'm gonna go ahead and, and talk about no, me. It's all you. So I'll I'm gonna do the same thing. I guess is go through kind of my my little bit of backstory and, and talk about some stuff. But um, you know, I still ask myself most days why I'm lucky enough to be in here because I mean I understand the lore but only because I've got such great people to explain stuff to me and you know I do a little bit of research on my own but but I just I these guys I I can't even explain you know how much time and effort they put into this and and it's it's just amazing to me and, and I'm so I feel blessed every day just knowing that I'm part of it and I and I love it so much it's it's great um you know, I uh, I started out my my destiny life kind of solo, which I think a lot of people did early on, and and probably still do. Um, and it was because partially, you know, I'd been playing. I, I was a big Call of Duty player uh, back in the day, and was in a clan with a bunch of of guys who I was really kind of close friends with uh, in high school, and we lost touch, and then kind of reconnected through through gaming. And they were so serious and competitive, and I had a family, and they didn't. And there were times when, 
family stuff would come up in the middle of a game and, and it just kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth, the way they reacted to it and stuff like that. So I just like, you know what, this is more stressful than it is fun anymore. I had a good time for a while. And so that's kind of when I, I went solo and backed off of call of duty and, and migrated to destiny. I was a huge bungee fan anyway. And, uh, and so I was, I was, you know, hitting the public LFGs and, and had some good times and bad times there and made a few friends uh, but eventually, uh, had had one guy say, "Hey, you know, we've I'm in the Dads of Destiny, and and so I made the jump over there, kind of like uh, like Handsome did, like Dragon did, and when I got there, you know, the the whole world just changed for me. I'm like, man, this is amazing because I, I met a bunch of gamers who were who were in the same kind of I don't want, situation sounds kind of ominous, but but they, but they were, they had kids, they had families, they had responsibilities. And, you know, in the middle of, you know, uh, uh, getting ready to down Crota or last sword or, or whatever, your kid cries, you got to run off and nobody'd get upset. It was, it was so great and made me enjoy gaming again because it wasn't all about the game. It was about the people I was playing with. And that's where I met Dragon and Gavel and Beta and so, you know, I, I can't really, I can say the same things that Dragon said, you know, Gavel was the guy that I would argue with, but get along with so well. And, and Dragon, I'd jump in and, and like he said, we played some Crucible together and I was just, I mean, you guys don't, we don't talk much about our gaming, but that guy is, he, he made me want to be a better PVP player because when I, and he might be able to vouch for me on this, but when we started playing, I was, de- I mean, I'm decent um, but I've really upped my game since kind of having played with him. And I never told him this until kind of right now, but, but, uh, seeing the way that he played and, you know, he never, never like loses his temper and just has a good time and still plays really, really well. I'm, I'm just, I, I can't wait to get more of our listeners in to play with us and see what kind of players we are and see what kind of players our listeners are because people kind of can, can be amazing and don't think you have to be good to play with us. Cause like I said, I'm not good. Um, <laughs> Play for the bounties. But, uh, play for the bounties. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then Beta, man. When I when I first when I first saw Beta, he was had his you know he's kind of the guy with his nose in the books. Uh, and again, I never saw him, but he was always in that lore channel. And I went in there and I just I just watched. I just hang out and just read and read. And the way that he would just pound out these pages upon pages of of kind of just explanations of the lore and and everyone would say, oh man, I got so much to catch up on. Beta's been in that channel again. And they'd go in there and start reading. And I wasn't really sure because I think I had him on my friends list, but I don't know if I, I didn't think he even played the game. Uh, you know, I was like, I think he just, I think he might just have, have gotten the game and goes to, goes out to the websites just for the lore because I never saw him in, but we started playing together and, and he's, uh, everybody's just, amazing the way like I said everyone's got their own own uh, play style and it's so cool to kind of know what to expect from players and people you play with so uh anyway moving on a bit uh we're in this we're in this lore chat and we actually ended up with kind of a private channel for some of the outlandish theories and stuff and it was like me and and beta and gavel and a couple other guys and and uh dragon ended up in there and as new players would come into the clan they'd say hey you know, where can I find out more about this lore? Where can I, is there, you know, what sites can I go to? Where can I get? I said, well, you can find out from, you know, just being in here. I said, but I don't really know of any other good places to go at, at the time. 
And so I went back to our, our channel and said, hey, Beta Gavel, do we have, or is there like a podcast or is there anything like that? I'm like, nope. And literally in the same breath, well, I say breath, but this is all typing back and forth. I said, uh, I said, let's do it. Let's make a podcast about this lore. You guys know it. We can find other people to help out. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. So that's kind of how it was born. That's how we decided to do this thing. And uh, and I asked Beta, you know, who should we grab? And he said, well, there's this guy Dropslash over there in, in Reddit <laughs> that I go back and forth with, and he's great. And and they actually did the timeline. And I'm like, holy crap, the timeline? And I thought this was like, a, I mean, I didn't know much about it as far as like how big it was, but I just remembered on Twitter that there was one day when that thing like blew up and everybody was like, have you seen this timeline? And it was getting linked and shared and, and everybody was looking at it. And, and I checked it out. I'm like, man, I read through that whole thing. And so as soon as he said that, I'm thinking to myself, these guys are celebrities. We need to get them on here for sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, we got them in there and, uh, and you know, we, we, uh, we pulled Dragon in. He was in our private chat too. And like I said, just after playing with him and seeing how much he loved the game and the community and, and how involved he was with the clan, it just made sense. And so, you know, I think uh, as much as I let Beta think that it was his decision to pull him in here, I kind of pulled a few <laughs> strings there myself, but I'm not going to, I won't go into that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so from there, um, it, it's blossomed into this thing, and and we've we've been doing this like I said for about three months now. We started back in October uh, with our first episode, and I hope that everyone can see a difference uh, in in what kind of quality we're producing now. I know it's it's taken a little while for us to get here, but I feel like we're we're really trying to to do better and want to make this sound good and and really give you some info. And I know this is a long intro to the podcast, but <laughs> you know, this is our last one of the year and we wanted to kind of go out with a bang and, and talk to everybody a little bit, uh, be a little, little more personable, I guess. Um, and, and it just, you know, it's just been going nuts and I've had such a great time and met so many great people. Uh, and you know, as, as instead of going towards what I'm expecting or what I'm looking forward to in 2016, I'm going to recap a few things from this past year. So, um, this will be our 17th uh, episode total. Um, it's like our ninth whisper, and uh, and we've got eight uh, regular episodes. So 16 have been released, and we're we're quickly approaching about 100,000 total plays, which is mind-boggling to me still. Um, it's about mm-hmm. 6,000 listens per episode, which might not sound high compared to the big the big podcasts. Uh, but for us, if you go back and go back and listen to listen to like our second or third podcast and we were like, so pumped, like we had 200 people listen to our podcast. Oh my God. We were freaking out. I mean, it was amazing. Like we got 20 followers on Twitter. Well on Twitter now we're, uh, we're just over 550 followers. I mean, it's, it's great. And everyone, you know, I feel like every one of them, it's not like, you know, there's, there's all these, I guess there's, you know, people say they can, they inflate their followers by following people back. And we don't really follow too many people from those, from our, our ghost stories account, um, from our personal accounts. You know, I think I have, I follow more people than follow me, obviously, uh, cause I'm nobody, but, uh, <laughs> but our followers I think are, are pretty genuine and, and, uh, I'm really happy about that. I really, I don't want to, I don't want some inflated number just for numbers sake. I want, I want numbers of, of people that, that, that it's meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Uh, 
we uh we we put out a t-shirt like in our first month and a half um which is still kind of funny how that all came to fruition but uh but it was pretty successful too it was successful enough that we were able to upgrade some of our gear and um get us all kind of on the same level for recording which was pretty pretty awesome mm-hmm. and, and my uh, mic should be in the right position <laughs> yeah well, yeah we had to do a little little training session but uh <laughs> but yeah hopefully this one will sound best of all uh best yet better than every other one i don't know It'll, it should be better sound betterest yeah uh <laughs> and uh and you know we've also met so many awesome people we've had some good guests uh we've had swain stash from crucible radio and bell um <clears throat> on and it's it's and not just them, all of our listeners that we interact with and talk with, and it's just amazing. And and every everyone that listens, just thank you so much for listening. And you know, I still I, we still have people that are just discovering us, uh, which I know it takes a while to to kind of build kind of a, a fan base, so to speak. Um, but if you're listening and you enjoy us, pass the word along, word of mouth, use Twitter, use Facebook, whatever you can. And uh, let people know about us because I think that we're still kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, just maybe kind of the unknown. So it's it's we haven't been pushing too hard for for publicity, so to speak. But we are trying to get our name out there just so people hear it because we we get such positive feedback from new listeners. And it seems like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever we get a new listener, they say, Oh man, it's so good. I'm binge listening to it. And then like in a day or so they'll message back and be like, okay, when's the next one coming out? (laughs) And it's, and it's very, I mean, Oh my gosh, talk about humbling. I'm just like, you really, I mean, people like what we're doing and I'm so happy for it. And, and just thanks everybody. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone who's supported us, everyone who's, who's been there listening and, and interacting with us. We love it. And again, if you want to interact with us more, send us an email uh, and get into our fan chat. It should be should be pretty fun, and it'll it will probably spark a lot of of kind of thoughts and ideas that we're going to use in podcasts in the future. So uh, please, if you're interested, join us and and uh, come hang out and and chit chat and meet some new people. All right. Let's move. Let's get this thing going. Uh, I had probably a 30-minute intro, but I'm happy we did it. I'm glad. I mean, like I said, it's this is all about the listeners. You know, I feel like – sorry, one more thing. I feel like uh, <laughs> when when we started this, you know, at first we're like, okay, we're just going to do this for us and get this out there for people that need to know more about the lore. And, and it really felt I – don't, I don't want to say – well, I don't know what I want to say. I, I just, I know that, that it felt like we were just, this is something we wanted to do and we wanted to have this for us and, and the experience. And now that we kind of know what we're doing and we know people like it, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for the listeners and the fans and for ourselves still, but, but we want to give you just something enjoyable to listen to and, and have a good time with and be a part of. And so it, it just, I don't know. I, I'm gonna. Yeah. No. I, I mean, to, to touch on what you said about new listeners, you know, I I watch our Twitter feed like a hawk, uh, and every time somebody you know tweets at us like, "Oh, I just discovered the podcast. Like, I'm I'm four episodes in. This is crazy," you know, for me it's like, "Oh man, 
that's so awesome that like somebody either sought us out or or stumbled across us and they're getting excited about the lore or we're telling a story that they want to hear and for me it's like i i need to get back to my notes like if if they liked the first eight that we have out wait till you guys get your ears in the next eight because we're just gonna like really start blowing this out of the water it makes me so excited to keep making more and keep putting work into this and keep and diving deep and discovering new things because it's the reactions to those things are so great. Speaking of new things, uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, so, uh, in sort of in honor of the, so there was four new, uh, there's more than four grimoire entries, but there was four new dead ghosts, uh, added to the game out there during the SRL update. Uh, and this last one was a mystery. Nobody had found it yet. And this is, had just been discovered sort of in the past 24 hours uh it's buried way down deep in the summoning pits yeah remember remember fogoth remember when he was a thing he's lonely <laughs> down. he's lonely down there now uh so that that last ghost was discovered so there's a lot of people suddenly stumbling upon this grimoire entry so i figured we would take a stab at legends and mysteries rezel azir so Rezel was a go. Rezel. Rezel? For some reason I just thought a Dizzle. But anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a long card. It's actually a super interesting card because it very specifically tells us things uh that happened before the city was founded, before the city was a city. Uh, I don't think I need to read the entire card. It's pretty long, but I would certainly encourage folks to either go go down to the summoning pits, give Fogoth a visit and grab this ghost or, you know, on like Ishtar Collective or Destiny DB, uh, feel free to look it up and, and have a read. Uh, but yeah, there's some, there's some great stuff in here and it's, it's really about this guy, Rezel Azir, uh, who was, uh, before here's, well, here's our first fun, fun fact, uh, things that we can take away from all this. We now know that before Guardians were called Guardians, they were called the Risen, which I guess makes sense. Uh, and that's who this guy was. Uh, and the the card outlines that he was an enormous, enormous individual. Uh, I think the direct quote is mountains of muscle and might and metal. <laughs> uh, he was basically, they lay him out as a Titan before Titans were called Titans. Uh, and... This card dives into sort of what life was like for somebody like that uh, before the city was established. And this is way before anything. So there's there's no towers. There's no city. There's no consensus. There's, you know, there's no speaker. There's no vanguard. There's, you know, people surviving. Yeah, the Dark Ages. There's that. Like, this is it. Uh, it's sort of, and I hate, I'll, I'll say it this way just because of what we're going to talk about later, but it was sort of like the, you know, post-apocalyptic wild west. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, at this time, you know, guardians jobs weren't to protect humanity at this point. Uh, They were, they were just sort of the risen and there were these sort of like demigods Mm -hmm. among these lost humans. Uh, And another great thing about this card is it starts to outline what happened with the faction wars uh 
and this card lays out the introduction to the faction wars quite plainly, which is awesome, but at the same time, and this is huge for Scoob and I, this means the faction wars happened much, much earlier than we thought they did. Uh, you know, I think some of the, the direct quotes here uh, are really just talking about how they... Uh, here, I'll, I'll just read directly from it. <laughs> and, th- and this makes it... And this we've talked about this in the past, too. We've talked about how strewn through the lore here, throughout the history of the first city, there's very human factors. There's infighting, there's bickering, there's people struggling for power, there's oppression of the weak. Uh, Even though humanity had this amazing golden age, and then we get through the collapse in these dark times, we come out the other side of these dark times almost like the golden age didn't happen. Like, it's back to, like, fiefdoms and oppression and just craziness out there and from this we get that the factions were a big part of that you know and they say factions grew from the huddled masses like minds coming together to provide support and comfort but over time these loyalties d- demanded loyalty uh you know viewpoints that when joined granted a larger understanding of the whole became points of conflict and this is like a super human not superhuman but a very human thing you know you get too many people together in one spot and they start to you know divide out based on ideologies and beliefs and what they think is right and what they think is wrong and eventually you know those come to a head and people start fighting uh, and it says quite plainly you know the sanctuary became divided the shadow of light grew darker uh, this humanity's last oasis slowly fading into a mirage so the the infighting between the factions is a very real threat to the future of humanity. Uh, and it's another interesting thing that they have here is that they say, you know, the Risen stood at the factions' sides for protection, enforcers, and that says misused possibility. So uh, we have the Risen, who are incredibly powerful, are like bouncers for the factions. They're not defending humanity. They're They're super thugs. <laughs> Uh, which is a weird way to to think about where we are now as guardians having come from that again it does make sense uh, just in sort of a human nature kind of way but it seems like it'd be a scary time to to be alive or to have survived (laughs) so thus began an unnecessary war made necessary by greed ambition and fear And this is where we learn another amazing sort of timeline point here. Uh, In the chaos of the struggle came the scavengers, aliens with appetites. Uh, And here we have the fallen first appearing. Uh, And this is amazing because what it's sort of playing out is that the faction wars ended when the uh, fallen attacked. And it was a common enemy that united the factions and the risen and humanity together. Uh, under a single purpose Uh, and this is when the risen really became the guardians during this first you know putting petty squabbles aside and defending humanity itself against an alien threat which is a pretty common theme i think in a lot of different works of science fiction and and games but it's a it makes sense uh and it talks about how this guy wrestled with a champion during that time he was you know, of, of the great guardians, he was an amazing guardian. Uh, and it talks about how after that, 
he continued to fight the fallen, uh, which is a, seems to be a theme among Titans. And he watched the city grow, and he helped foster this sort of new age of humanity, factions working together, the Guardians defending humanity while they sort of scrape together and, and rebuild what they have, and, and the reemergence of hope. Uh, and then the, the card sort of closes with uh, that lingering doubt, you know, you know, the, if the fallen were the first wave, you know, you look up at the sky and you think, what else is out there? Uh, and and how how much longer do we really have? Can we really survive all this? Uh, so it's a great card. I would definitely recommend reading through it word for word. Uh, it paints a, a pretty colorful picture of of what things were like back then. It it hits some great sort of a key points on the timeline about what life was like back there and how we moved forward. And it gives us like some some hard facts uh, about when the faction wars started, about when the fallen first attacked, uh, when the faction wars ended, about how they lost control at the end of the war and how this guy Rezel was a great hero, which is funny because we've never heard about him until right now. Uh, <laughs> and the, a big thing here is that you know, he continued to lead uh, as lead the Guardians as the walls were built and the city rose up. So, you know, we know from a lot in the lore that people like this don't really just vanish. They're, everybody's around somewhere. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, so no, it doesn't really give an ending for him. You know, no talk of him dying or moving on. But it kind of, the last sentence of that card kind of paints a picture in your mind of who he may have become. Yeah. So, I mean, the last, so the last line of this card, uh, yes. So, so every day Rezel would fight and build and protect. And every day the city grew beneath the giant, the giant being the traveler. Uh, and every night he would think about all that was never said and stare intently at the moon above. Uh, and to me, when I finished reading this card, man, the first thing that jumped in my head was the those last few words, you know, all that was never said and stare intently at the moon above. Uh, and so as we, we get through the facts of the card here, we know it's being told to us directly. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm going to speculate. <laughs> I'm going to put a disclaimer right now. Uh, <laughs> Do here's it. What, Here's what jumped into my mind the first time I read that. Uh, that, man, this card, to me, seems to describe the origins of the speaker. Uh, especially based on that last sentence. Uh, think about all the things that were never said. And we know that the speaker has put himself in a position as somebody who speaks directly for the traveler who can no longer communicate uh, to mankind. Uh the origins of the speaker are a huge question right now in the lore. We know nothing about him for the most part. Uh, presumably, he's a guardian. He does have a ghost. Uh, no idea what class or anything of that nature. A lot of people like to think say that he's a warlock. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I'm sure that he predates any of those things as the speaker. Uh, but there's some other things buried in the lore that could lead to this card very much being potentially about this character uh, who is now currently the speaker. Uh, the first clue, the first big clue other than that last line is that 
if you look at the image of the card in your actual grimoire, uh, it is a picture of the speaker's desk. Uh, so that was my first big clue. Uh, and it's been pointed out that all the Ghost Fragment Legends and Ghost Fragment Mysteries cards also have that same image. But that's not really saying much, given that we're talking about legends and mysteries. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it's very specifically been some about something else, then... I would I would sort of discredit this as a, a potential, you know, clue. L- but like think, link to the other ones. Yeah, we've never had a card I think that's named specifically for a person uh, that hasn't been like a direct image of that person. Whether right, you know the I don't want to get into Dwindler's Ridge, but like the <laughs> last word cards very clearly show a person wielding those weapons, and you know if you go into any of like the uh, the people around the tower, they all have direct images of who they are and things like that. Yeah, we're still avoiding that, like the plague, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Uh, but there's and there's clues within the text of this card here that talks about uh, about just certain bits that seem to line up pretty pretty well with the speaker. Uh, it talks about uh, how. These were times before reason took hold, before study was merged with belief. Uh, I think it's an important thing also for the overall world of Destiny, where we're regularly dealing with, like, the quantum mechanics of the Vault of Glass and also space <laughs> magic. Like, <laughs> uh, so we're very much in a world of, of sort of, like, science and sorcery here, where it's very much as reason and belief, you know, where we constantly defy causality uh and yet there's things like gravity that we're still beholden to uh and we know the speaker is a man of belief uh and that he sort of does represent the closest thing to like a religious figure that we have uh but we know he's a man of science because of all the instruments and tools and books and all the things that he has all those server racks he has in his little space there uh (laughs) in the tower uh, yeah, those two those two things, uh, being a, a man of belief and, and kind of a, like you said, a religious figure, and a man of science, those things usually don't mesh well together, uh, at least today. Uh, <laughs> but so, so that makes him, like I said, like you said, uh, you know, interesting, but at the same time kind of, oh, I don't know, it just almost unbelievable so to speak. And I don't mean that in the, we can't believe anything he says, which I know you may agree with, but, uh, but just kind of, uh, it's, it's a definitely an interesting mesh of, of characteristics for a, for a character, (laughs) man, my words are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so as I was researching this, I, I reread the, the grimoire for the speaker and the direct quote from that card is, says that there has always been a speaker, an anonymous high priest with a mysterious and powerful connection to the traveler and its ghosts. So even in the card for the speaker, you know, they call him a high priest. Uh, and I think if you go back and experience any of the cutscenes, he's like borderline fanatic about a lot of things. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's you stand next to him and he's got more science stuff going on in his desks there than, than I think any other spot in the tower. He's very much, you know, a man of both. And 
that that's reflected even sort of in the history you know of the game a bit like the traveler like what is the traveler is it a giant machine like is it the representation of god like there's tons of mixed messages here or or crossovers here that are occurring and the speaker represents that pretty well uh so that's like the first sort of clue here uh, is this this merging of reason and belief in this time and what that would sort of give rise to. And the speaker seems like exactly that kind of person. Uh, and there's a direct speaker quote, you know, you must have faith. Like he, he will say that directly to you if you stand around him long enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we also know that, you know, in this card, you know, this guy Rezel watched the faction wars start and threatened to tear humanity apart. Uh, and we know from a lot of the lore that a huge concern of the speaker is the preservation of the tower in the city. Uh, if you watch that last cutscene at the end of the vanilla game, you know, he's, he talks about how the, that tower stands as a beacon in the darkness and it is the heroics of the guardians and everybody involved who has allowed mankind to persevere through these things. Like he is, and he's also particularly, we know, uh, as part of the consensus. So the speaker, we've talked about this in the, our earlier episodes where the speaker is one part of the consensus and the consensus is this three branch government that is the vanguard, the factions, uh, and the speaker. And that in the past, the speaker has been, he doesn't pull punches when it comes to booting out factions that are causing too much of a problem. Uh, we know this. Or, or the, people. Or people. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, he very much puts the the stability of the city and the tower first, uh, and you know they they ejected the Concordat and Lysander when they became really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, that's all. If you had firsthand witnessed the possibility of mankind being torn apart by uppity factions, uh, you'd probably become become an individual who had very little tolerance for uppity factions. And we know the speaker is very much that kind of person. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and as shady as as he kind of can kind of be or, or seem, or at least that's what some people think, you know, for him to, to make those tough decisions to get rid of, of kind of the the groups and the people that are making waves to kind of look at the, the tower in the city first or put their, their best interests first, you know, you kind of got to respect the guy, you know, he makes, he's making those hard decisions to, to remove people who do have big followings like Osiris and, and, um, and some of the others. And, and it's just, again, you, you kind of have to, to step back sometimes from, from how you feel about how not forthcoming he is with information sometimes and say, look, you know, this guy's doing something right. He's been, been keeping the the tower standing and the city safe by again making those tough decisions and and mm-hmm. getting rid of the the kind of oddballs not oddballs but you know what i mean just the yeah, the, the threats to the stability right mm-hmm. right and trying to keep everything somewhat calm in nature so yeah and i kind of saw like the last line of that card i kind of saw that kind of the same sense you know where he says he thinks about all the thing all the all that was never said you know, I almost what all the things he must know and maybe that he knows he can't, you know, for the sake of the stability, for the sake of yeah, the balance, he can't share that really with anyone. And 
at least not in a public forum in you know as we know him you know he he doesn't tell us a whole lot even though you know as we're going through the story and we're we're always begging like tell us more give us more details about this enemy that we have to go (laughs) fight but he never really does and you know so i think that kind of connects there a little bit too yeah and he says there's a direct quote from him uh again in the cutscenes where he says uh until the speaking of the traveler until it finds its voice again i speak for it uh so and this is an and then so moving forward uh there's an interesting line on the card that says uh if the giant wasn't a god then maybe rezel was and it's very rare that with the exception of talking about the hive and referring to the worm gods, we almost never hear that word in any of the grimoire. Uh, it doesn't show up a lot. So you have this this reference, and it makes sense at the time, where you, know, you have this giant sleeping god referring to the traveler. But almost nobody refers to it in that way. Uh, but then I was re-watching the cutscenes, uh, and again, that last speech the speaker gives at the end of the vanilla storyline, the speaker directly says, we had to hide and cower beneath a broken god. So here you have a, a character, the speaker, who has been around long enough to remember a time when the traveler was referred to as a god. Uh, so these two things synced up for me. Like, nobody else calls it that except for this guy. So if he was... He, if he was around at that time, that makes pretty decent sense. Uh, and also, as somebody, you know, again, if the giant wasn't a god, then maybe Rezel was. You have the possibility of somebody standing in for a being of great power, and that's mm-hmm. what the speaker does. Yeah, he's the high priest. Yeah. Then uh, there's things here, so, you know, uh, there's lines about hope and how Rezel was was a huge uh, believer in hope, that it was so important uh, for the future of mankind to, to have hope. Uh, and this, the speaker himself talks about hope a lot. So I'm, I'm watching X-Ray type something in my notes right now. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> okay, <laughs> what? Okay, I'll I'll just say it then. Um, I didn't want to I didn't want to put you on the spot, but at the same time, I'm just kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking where people might kind of, of try to drive some of the uh, the speculation to, and you know, I, I was wondering if anybody could could pose the argument that this broken god or this silent god could have been Rasputin when he was was powered down or asleep or in kind of hibernation mode um in which case maybe a comparison to to rezzel i don't know maybe he was an xo or, or uh, well no it said it doesn't it says he was a man at the very beginning yes. of it so yep. we know he's not an xo so i kind of answered that but um at least a little bit of it but you know it, it i just want to be prepared when someone comes at me and says well rezzel was or the the sleeping giant or the the sleeping god silent god was was Rasputin? It wasn't the Traveler. Um, well, so you don't an think early, there's an earlier line on the card. Uh, it says the giant was looked to as looked to as one would a god. Maybe it still is. 
and I believe that is talking about how humanity was gathered beneath the traveler, looking up to it as if it was a god. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. There's I, no like, real, I like that. There's like, there's no, at that time, there would be nowhere to look and see Rasputin to be like, oh, this is, this was God. Right. Makes sense. Uh, so I think so, that very much is referring to the traveler. Got it. Got it. So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to, to bring us off track. <laughs> I just, uh, just as you were saying that, I, the only other silent huge entity that i could think of at the time was rasputin and wanted to lay that out there a bit so all right let's keep moving on um so the speaker still he's he's talking about hope <laughs> a lot yeah. um and i and, did i did a lot of standing around the speaker just recording what he said <laughs> 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 for these lines uh and he, I mean, he very directly says we cannot give up hope. Uh, but then he, he makes a lot of statements that are very similar or it's sort of like hope inspired. Uh, even an ember still burns if it can be stoked. Uh, nothing, but we will try again. Uh, keep looking, keep fighting. The, the speaker knows that because he's so looked up to and because of what he represents, hope is a critical uh, piece of his puzzle, you know, People look to him for hope, and his job is to make sure that uh, nobody ever gives up on that. Which is sort of exactly where Rezel ended up at the end of this card. Uh, also, there's this great line. This, is, uh, this line is, uh, Rezel grew weary. Stories haunted his nights. Old stories, those no longer told. Those longed locked behind tight lips for fear of what they may involve. And to me, that is a like a, just another way of saying exactly what the speaker says during the first cutscene, where he's talking about stories told children to frighten them, but those stories are no longer told. Uh, but the children are frightened anyway. So th there's, par there's parallels here for me anyway uh, that exist that, again link this guy this guy wrestled directly to the speaker yeah there's definitely a little like it, it doesn't come out and say it plainly but you know like you said these little things where you know wrestle is haunted by these old stories no longer told and then the speaker mentions you know these old stories that are no longer told and <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's definitely I, 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 I see the connection definitely that's why I was I was kind of anxious to throw it out there we kind of we kind of skipped the actual facts of going over the facts of the card which I'm we can talk to after we finish this up but, <laughs> but I was excited to get to this part because I read this and you th shared your theories and I was like ooh yes I like that and then you know we have this part here which says so every day Rezel would fight and build and protect and every day a city grew beneath the giant the city that's below the speaker right now. And every night he would think about all that was never said and stare intently at the moon above. So we've talked about the things that were never said line about and the role of the speaker. But also you have somebody who is witnessing the birth of the city from like the very first building of the walls. This guy has been there from the start. You don't just disappear. What, what happened to this guy? Why, why don't we know who this guy is? Uh, 
if he has been there from the he is he is etched into the very history of the city and the tower that our game happens in uh why is he a mystery his name should be on plaques like there should be a statue of this guy you know somewhere in the tower he's clearly super super important to the history of the city and tower and the only reason i can think why those things wouldn't happen is he took on the role of the speaker instead of that sort of like glory to me type i should be honored because i've been here since the beginning there should be a statue to me because i saved you all from the fallen you know instead he just sort of backs up a little bit and instead of you know maybe building the city with his own bare hands he starts to step back he takes on more of a leadership role and as the city grows his influence also grows but he has to be more political about it he can't just be out there you know whatever he was doing did hammer <laughs> throwing hammers or or a fist of havoc in the fallen uh he realizes he can do a lot more good by guiding the development of the city and tower uh well i see i like i think it's interesting there you also have in the notes how the speakers you know in that line it's, he stares intently at the moon above and then we know in vanilla destiny the speaker is constantly preoccupied with the moon um, he knows um, like he knows that the light has an ancient enemy there. Um, he co-ops all the communication channels during the Chamber of Night mission. Um, and just something I just thought of now is, you know, in our last whisper that me and Beta, we talked about the Oceans of Storms 2 card. We talk about how the possibility that we're, we're you know, and from the first light, Grimoire it lays out that the Hive have actually been on the moon you know, pre-collapse even. And so they've been up there a long time. And so now if this, if Rezl has been here from the beginning, he's seen everything, there's a good chance that maybe he knows what's up there. And they, that's why he's staring so intently at the moon above. He knows that this ancient enemy is up there. Well, and we also know from talking about Osiris, you know, Osiris and the speaker were very, very close. Uh, Osiris knew what was happening on the moon. Uh, so for somebody who is, was originally staring intently at the moon and wondering what was going on up there, uh, to become the speaker plays right into that preoccupation and surrounding himself with people who are able to feed him information about what is actually up there. I mean, think about it. If you're this guy, Rezel, and you're part of the Risen and you fight off this first great alien attack... And now you spend your days, you know, right at the beginning of the city. You're not the speaker yet, but you're, you've stepped back. You're taking more of an overseer's role. You're concerned about hope and the, the future of humanity. And you look up at the night sky and you see the moon and you go, man, what else could possibly be up there? Uh, and then it's, you know, hundreds of years are passing and all these things begin to happen focused on the moon, uh, you know, th those, it's a, it's a really easy path to see. And as somebody who's been thinking about it that long, of course you'd be, you would keep people close to you who can give you information about those things. And, and you'd be so focused on that. Yeah. And, uh, so also, you know, if, if he did know there was a presence on the moon and then you had someone like, yeah, and he's doing, doing his best to kind of keep things calm and protect the city and the people and the tower you know you don't want to 
you're not just going to come out and say, oh yeah, there's this, this big threat on the moon right now, guys, just, you know, we're just going to ignore it. It's better for people not really to know about it, which could be why, you know, Toland was, was kind of, you know, banished because he was asking the questions and, and really getting into some more of the more, he was going more in depth on, on, uh, what was going on with with the moon and with uh with the fallen and so that could have been you know the the speaker like no it's not time yet to to really get into that well that's a huge so and i i have no problem saying this i have not trusted the speaker for a really long time uh i think he keeps too many secrets i don't like i think there's a dark secret behind him you know osiris very much insinuates that there's something very dark that's happening with the speaker uh so we don't really know. But after working on, like, reading this card and working on these notes, uh, I've started to trust the guy a little bit more. And again, you know, if, if you've been around since the very beginning of the city, you know, you were the guy who helped fight back the very first time humanity ever encountered alien life on Earth. <laughs> uh, and they were trying to kill you. Uh and maybe maybe you did develop a connection with the traveler. Maybe he does actually speak for the traveler. You know, maybe after that, maybe after he rose to such heights and such power, the traveler showed him things that led him to becoming the speaker. And obviously the traveler knows what's happening on the moon. The traveler has been chased by the hive for a millennia. So, you know, you defeat the fallen you watch humanity start to rebuild and these la- the, the ghosts start to appear and we don't we know nothing about the speaker's ghost but if the speaker's ghost is a conduit to the traveler where he gets a lot of his information you know can you imagine if like your ghost suddenly turned around and was like oh by the way the traveler wants me to tell you that uh there's an ancient demigod <laughs> you know <laughs> you know yeah. Sleeping beneath the surface of the moon, and he wants to destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, you, you know those those pirates that you just defended the city against. Yeah, they're nothing compared to what's on the moon. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, you couldn't just turn, like you said, you couldn't just turn around and tell that to everybody. Like you'd have to be really, really careful about how you moved forward and about how you you understood this, that the threat we faced was nothing compared to the one we're going to face, but. You can't just tell people that. You've got to build a, a society and a culture and a city and a consensus that can deal with this. Uh, you've got to bring mm-hmm. that strength back. Yeah, and then kind of in that same line, like we've you've discussed the Battle of Marimbrum and how, you know, I believe it was Shax who was kind of petitioning to stay out of there and like that this was a fight they couldn't win, but they, they for whatever reason, they pushed on and continued on. And I wonder if the speaker kind of saw that as his opportunity to tell the world basically what's up there. And he couldn't really say, no, don't go up there. It's going to kill us. I've known this for 100 years. <laughs> but, but he kind of had to, in a way, you know, this is kind of one of the reasons why I think you don't trust the speaker. And one of the things I have against him is he seems willing to almost sacrifice a few lives for the better for for the what is it better of all good or for the sake of humanity you know if it means everyone realizes oh the moon's bad don't go up there stay away then maybe in his mind he's 
saving the whole of humanity. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, if he's, like I said, if he is is the guy that's been there from the beginning, you know, the the city and the tower, and and it, it, it's all his baby, you know. I mean, it's his thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's he's gonna protect it as best he can from whatever he can, and if that means, you know. I don't tell my kids about the horrors that go on on the nightly news that, you know, we actually kind of laid off watching the news because of all of the bits, all bad stuff that Mm -hmm, happens. And you don't want to expose people or kids or things to that, that kind of information until they're mentally prepared to handle it, you know, and that's what he could be doing with, with the people in the city. And I mean, like you said, Hey, there's this huge demigod on the moon that's going to try to wipe us out, but it's okay. Just calm down. <laughs> you know, no, it's not going to work. It's it's going to it's going to be chaos and and so it it makes sense. It it it's it's uh definitely you know, and he he very he very much could have known like this is something we cannot handle until there are more guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it seems like in the beginning here that before the Risen became the Guardians, they, there still weren't a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have like maybe one in every thousand people or one in every 10,000 people. Who knows? We don't even know how many people there were left there at the end there. We know it's in the thousands, but not a specific number. Uh, but it's not like every single person was a Guardian or a Risen. So, you know, if this, the small number of Risen that were there were able to fight off fallen and the traveler tells this guy hey the threat is like many magnitudes of order greater uh then you have the ghost saying hey we're working really hard we're all over the place we're trying to find more guardians you have the speaker saying we have got to wait we've got to wait until there mm-hmm. are more guardians and then sort of as our story starts in destiny we've reached sort of like peak guardian saturation where we can start tackling these things. Uh, and again, he may have thought that in the past. You know, when they when they went to Mare Imbrium, the speaker could have said, we finally have enough guardians to, to face this thing. And they were just really, really wrong about it. <laughs> uh, and in order to not repeat that, the speakers had to just sort of lay low and keep it quiet and just wait for more guardians to to, to show up before they could try tackling these things. Yeah. Well, there's also the question of, you know, how much does he know? Like, how much yes. did the traveler tell him? Of course. And so kind of even rabbit holing on my, my thought before on Mar Ember, I'm like, maybe, I mean, if you think about it, if it wasn't for that battle, you wouldn't have had the first fire team, you know, orchestrated by Ariana 3. You wouldn't have had, you know, Toland with Eris kind of getting together. And we wouldn't, we never would have gotten the, the uh, the know-how on how to defeat Crota. Mm-hmm. You know, we wouldn't have known that. And maybe it, that's something the speaker knew in a way. Maybe he knew that this chain of events kind of had to take place in order to get you know the knowledge that we needed. He's orchestrating the whole thing. Right? He's just well, a big... Con- now, he's <laughs> hold on. Now you're going to get into... Yeah, no, that's that's a little too far. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save, like, deep mechanizations for Books of Stardew Part 2. Because uh, there are... Some, we'll come right back to this because there are some deep mechanizations going on there. <laughs> and, and just, again, disclaimer out there, what we've been talking about here has been 
been a little bit of speculation and just kind of some of our theories on on where this card uh, mm-hmm. is is possibly leading. Um, so, and speaking of kind of outlandish theories, I don't know, Drop, if you've got one in here that you were talking about, um, and I don't know if you want to go into it or not. What do you think? Uh, I'll touch on it quickly, just because I think it was really well put together. So okay. like we said, like this is just a theory. Like, you know, there's some great bits, there's some great clues here that point us in the direction, but the reality is we don't actually know. Uh, but one of the great things about that is when other people read this, other people come up with different ideas and they form different theories. Uh, so, you know, as, I, I'm, as I'm researching, as I'm discussing, different things come up. And I want to give a huge shout out to this guy, FX Chip, uh, on Reddit, because he put together a whole theory that uh, Azir is really Dregden Yor. <laughs> nice. Uh, infamous from Dwindler's Ridge. And originally when I read that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a huge stretch. There's no way. <laughs> but man, My brain this guy, hurts. This guy makes a super convincing argument, uh, and he he did a lot of great work about pulling direct quotes from the Dwindler's Ridge lore and comparing it directly against this card. Uh, and he finds these sort of same word combinations that I did, just in a completely different direction. Uh, and this first one is super convincing to me. So like in the in the Azir card, we have this line, Rezal Azir was a man. Rezal had been a champion of these wars, a leader. Against the alien pirates, he had been more. If the giant wasn't a god, then maybe Rezal was. So I used that and went in the direction of the speaker. Uh, but FX went in the direction of Thorn, and he pulled this from the Thorn card, which is, uh, a noble man stood, and the people looked to him, for he was a beacon, hope given form yet still only a man. And within that truth, there was great promise. If one man could stand against the night, so too could anyone, everyone. Man, those are really similar. <laughs> like, that that's a great correlation right there. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> this is too much... Too much dredging your for uh, yeah, and it it goes into so there's correlations between hope uh, about how your was concerned with hope just in in the opposite direction uh, that your the way he's played out is really like the anti Azir and if Thorn really had corrupted uh, Azir to that point that would make total sense against uh, the alien pirates he had been more and you know that if. One man could stare. Wait, what was it? <laughs> God, I just, I don't, I'm just going to stop. I don't want to get into it. Uh, Yor was obsessed with the moon, uh, as was Rezel. So, like, that's a good correlation. You know, we correlate it, or I correlate it as the speaker. Uh, he correlates it as Yor. Uh, we know that, that Yor was somewhat preoccupied with the moon. Uh, and there's two, there's a great, like, nail on this theory, and there's a great, uh, Trump to this theory. Uh, and I sort of love this. There's a great point that he makes that this dead ghost is found in the summoning pits. And to complete the thorn bounty, you have to do a special version of the summoning pits. Uh, and that's huge. Like, to me, that's that's awesome correlation. But we also know that in the game, we have the cloak of Dregdenior and Dregdenior's Rose, which are two items that belong to a hunter, 
and it's very clear that Azir was a titan. Hmm. So. <laughs> so, so new theory: the speaker is Dregenor. <laughs> oh God, no! Just stop, stop. You, you do have to visit him for part of the Thorn Quest. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Gavel's gonna love that one. Oh man, he's he probably heard it right now. He heard it, and he's probably his his brain is probably aching like mine. He's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what was just said? <laughs> he was probably in the middle of a oryx fight, and he just like jumped off the edge. He, just he might be on. laying on the ground having a seizure right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Oh boy, yeah, that's uh, so definitely interesting. And so you know, again, to back out of the lore a little bit, you know, it could be that that you know just the the writing styles are similar and and maybe the same person wrote this and so that's why they kind of fell that way um you know on, from Bungie uh because again we see that a lot with with the lore it, it's things are, are kind of written the same way hopefully you know we 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 hope that the the reason things are written similarly is because it ties them together but again, you're you're putting real life people into play here, and so yeah, you know, just like I was talking about earlier, how we each have our own kind of play styles when we're in game. You know, all these writers and and they they're gonna have their their own writing styles and could definitely lean one way. And if it's been a, you know two years since they wrote Thorn, and the same guy's like, <laughs> oh, I'll write this, and he's in doesn't put two and two together. He's like, oh crap, these sound the same. Let's just put it yeah. out there anyway. <laughs> Well, that's, Nobody's going to notice. <laughs> that brings up two important facts. Uh, or th- So the first is we'll talk about this more also in Books of Sorrow because it's very clear that the Books of Sorrow were written by different sections, were different by written by different writers. Uh, and I have a lot of it looking into how some cards or some verses are written a certain way versus others uh, and who actually wrote those verses for the cards. The second is, as fans of Destiny, we should also know to temper ourselves when looking too deep. Uh, I think we all, <laughs> let's talk about like, oh, what do we remember from 2015? We all learned a lesson about uh, Sleeper Simulant. <laughs> that <laughs> a lot of people had some really amazing theories about the complexity and depth of what that quest was going to be to uncover this thing. You know, people analyzing like zodiac symbols and chemical compositions and the breakdowns of words and the clues and how this thing looked like the pieces of it. Like some of the theories around Sleeper Simulant were some of the most fun, like speculative deep dives I've ever experienced, like playing any kind of MMO style game. It was just awesome. But the reality yeah, and, is well, much different. <laughs> yeah, similar, similar to getting that the last chest in the vault of glass, and you're reading all the different. Oh my gosh! You know, that, theories yeah. for how to get this. You know, you had to <laughs> kill the Templar only grenades. Then you had to kill the gatekeepers, but you had to kill Mars first, then Venus. Take it back out to the Gorgon lair, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did get a little ridiculous. Uh, but you know, and and the one that what's killing me right now is how often people are referring back to that Kotaku article about what destiny might have been and and the the 
leaked information about the storyline and how it changed and and they're pulling a lot of that information back into today's lore and that just is is really that's that's the one thing I can say that I dislike when I see people say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, Rasputin was an XO." It's like, well, "You know what? We don't know that and if if he is or if he was, he's not right now." And so just because someone one mentioned it as a possible storyline back four years ago when they were first writing it that got scrapped, quit acting like it's it's you know gospel. It's not it's not what we have. It's not what we were given. And they might write it back into it. They might they might have taken it out because they're like, ooh, let's introduce this in year three. And you know, I, I saw a kind of interesting uh theory that Cade Six XO used to and used to be Rasputin, and that was part of the whole you know Cade's journal thing and, and changing him and all this stuff. But it was it was definitely well thought out and and well written, and it was good. But at the same time, it's like you know you gotta sometimes just let some stuff go. You can't dig too deep. You can't you can't take you know stuff that's not there and make it into something. And it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. And I hope that if this and I'm not going to say it's it's sloppy writing because it's not the the effort that Bungie's putting into this is is amazing. But I hope that if there are some of these things that we've been talking about that, you know, the same writer wrote it so it really isn't connected even though it kind of appears to be, maybe in the upcoming years Des- or Destiny Bungie'll remember see this or hear this and say you know what, we really need to, to be a little more cautious with what we release and what we talk about and how we write things because people do care and people are going to analyze everything down to the last little chemical composition <laughs> and, and try to figure this stuff out. So we've got to be careful with what we release. And again, I'm not taking anything away from them or what they had before. Um, I just I, I hope that if it is... Um, kind of, of written differently or, or written in a way that makes it appear similar just because the same guy wrote it. Um, maybe, maybe we can get it cleaned up a little bit and make it. So, I mean, they've got, they've got the base for such an amazing, amazing story and, and it'll, you know, to expand this over the next, you know, nine years is going to be fun to watch and see where it goes. But, uh, and, and I hope that, that we find out more and more and more and we get just, you know, they, I hope they don't take the easy way out and give us some very shallow lore. This, this really kind of, of deep information is so much fun to, to dig into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, side and, note. I was, I was going to say real quick, side note, if you are a bungee writer listening to this, you can email <laughs> us at destinyghoststories <laughs> at gmail.com and we uh, we can schedule a, uh, a guest appearance. <laughs> yes, I would love to talk to you about Eris's inconsistencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so and, and just, I want to throw this out there. So John Ryan um, has moved on from Bungie. He's been, uh, he was there for a year and has moved on to uh, to some different projects. Um and and we've mentioned him a few times as kind of the the lore master that came in uh, at the beginning of the years, and he worked on uh, I think it was Guild Wars two. And I don't I, I think he listened to some, uh, one of our podcasts early on because I talked to him a little bit and and uh, 
and just kind of, you know, threw it out there how, how much we enjoyed what he does. And, and he was very humble, but, uh, just want to wish him, you know, the best of luck in his future kind of endeavors. And, and, uh, and I told him once before, I said, look, if you ever want to come and talk about your experiences at Bungie and writing the lore, you know, we've always got a seat open for that guy. It's just, he's a, he's really funny. You should check him out on Twitter. He's, he, he doesn't talk about video games or talk about destiny or anything like that, but he's definitely my kind of guy as far as the, the kind of way he thinks and, and the kind of stuff he posts. I love reading, reading his Twitter posts are great. Yeah. And it's important to keep in mind, uh, you know, Bungie's a big company relatively speaking. And, you know, it's not just the writers who are making this game. You know, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of people who are working on it. And when you work in a studio, like I've worked in video game studios, so I understand what the atmosphere is like. You know, we know Bungie, cont- not Bungie, Destiny contains so many references to so many things. Uh, like in the Toland episode, I talked about the obvious influence of Blood Meridian on Toland's story. Uh, you know, there's so many hints to like previous Bungie games, like Pathways into Darkness and things like that. Like there's just, there's so many references. And, you know, where we're sitting here going, man, how does this puzzle piece fit into this puzzle piece? And how does this link to this and connect to this? And, you know, sometimes it's simple as a writer walking through like the art pit at Bungie and saying, hey, I need to make up a name for me right now. And now you make up a place for me. You make up another name for me and I'm going to assemble it all. And it's not relative to anything. It's, you know, or one day you ask like the entire dev team, hey, what's your favorite? Like, write me a, sh- a short story. And I'm going to take all the different pieces and smash it together. And we're going to stick it in destiny. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't come from the influences. There's so many potential influences uh, that are coming into play. And we're looking for like these tiny threads of connective tissue to, to keep the whole thing together. When some of these could just be like really interesting one-offs that, you know, somebody pitched in the cafeteria because he was sitting next to one of the writers at destiny. Like, uh, that that's totally a possibility and it's really important to keep that in mind uh that well i would love to think that they have you know a football field sized whiteboard with all of these <laughs> notes on it <laughs> that they all connect somehow that is the entire 10 years of destiny and they have <laughs> like a bucket full of puzzle pieces and they're slowly assembling it in front of us and we want to guess what the next piece is but you know they have 10 years worth of pieces in that bucket so we're never really going to know uh well, to to your point, you know our forgotten or our ignored lore piece that we talked about with the uh, the the dead son and yeah uh, that there have been a lot of people on Twitter and in emails and reach out to us and say, well, have you thought about this? Could that person be? You know, I think there was one that that said, "Is this Dredgen your?" Were, is this is this one of the guys is this the dad of one of the guys that dredge your killed in the <laughs> bar scene oh, I, I read i'm like i'm like holy cow you know i'm like but you know what it could be absolutely nothing um and and so and i think that's that's again what bungie's doing they're making us want and and they're making us you know crave more of this information that we can we can try to put together and it's so much fun and that's what this is supposed to be don't take anything that we're talking about yeah. to heart 
if we smash a theory, don't get upset. If you smash one of ours, we're not getting upset. We love it. This is this is what we're here for, and this is great, and this is what we're going to keep doing. Uh, and oh man, it's just it's I can't tell you how much fun we're having with this, and this is this is great, and we want you to come experience it with us. We want you to be a part of this. We want you to come and, and talk to us about the lore on Twitter and in our chat. So please please join us if you love the lore like we do and want to want to smash our theories and and have us you know evaluate yours and and uh it's it's such a good time and that's one of the things again that i just i really love like whenever anybody i've had people still to this day were like oh destiny has a story and i'm like it has so much story we can't even figure it all out we need a team of people like reading 24 7 that's how much story is in here like it may not be presented in the best possible way in the game itself, but man, do not say it doesn't have a story because there's so much here. And that's how that's again how people are finding us on accident. They say, "Oh, I just happened to see your your podcast on iTunes and decided to listen to it." And he goes, "I love it. I didn't know this was here. I didn't know there was a story. I didn't know that there was all this information." And you guys put it together so well. This the the game makes sense to me now, and. It's it's amazing to me that just by hearing what we're doing, it's it's really making this game fresh for people. And I think right now, I hate to say it, but it's been a little bit of a lull um, since we've started beating you know hard mode Oryx on a regular basis. Yes, we've got challenge modes. Yes, we've got got uh, Sparrow Racing League, and it's and it's great. But it's not that big, huge content drop that people really want, and so that's why again you'll you'll hear people saying, "Oh, Destiny's dead." Well, it's not dead. It's just you know people love it so much. As soon as there's new stuff, they hit it and they hit it hard. And so this is the time we need to get people listening and hearing what else Bungie and Destiny have to offer. Uh, and well, and s- go ahead. I mean, if there was no content drop for the next three months, we still wouldn't be totally caught up with the. Oh lull. no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so I'll, I'll welcome, I'll welcome the lull. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, There's and so I and I find my destiny. I find myself looking more at reading Twitter and reading lore and checking notes and checking things as opposed to playing the game right now because I'm like, do I really need to do that? I'm like, no, let me let me do this instead and. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot. There's, there's so much out there that we have to cover and it's, and I feel like, you know, we cram a lot into really small podcasts compared to what we could. T- I mean, we could go, we could have extended probably every one of our podcasts to, you know, another hour or two, just talking more about our opinions and, and our thoughts and, yeah. And that's what this does. That's what this lore does is is really gets the, the creative juices flowing as far as, as theorizing and things like that. Yeah. Well, well even to, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, drop. I say, and again, like we, like even in the tiny little lore drops we're getting, uh, like even looking at like SRL stuff, you know, it's like now we know that Fenchurch, Ever, Fenchurch Everest is tied to SRL. Uh, you know, we have these these racers now. These famous what? There's famous Sparrow racers. We're like we as characters or players are just being introduced to Sparrow Racing League in the past three weeks. To us, it's brand new. But apparently, in the lore of the game, 
there's these rate like there's Marcus Wren, Cron Eight, Tyla Sola. Like there's these super famous sparrow race. Who are these people? <laughs> like th there's there's a huge depth. There's lore there, and it's important to keep in mind the perspective that you know the story is being built around us uh, right now. And so for us as you know lore sort of like fanatics. Uh, who have decided to to undergo this sort of uh, task and this podcast and the research that we do. Uh, like, we're working with living material right now. Uh, we, we have run up to the very edge of the road that has been built for us, and we're, we're, we're peering out over the edge of it trying to find what the next step is going to be. But, you know, every time Bungie updates the game, they add these little things that add these completely new branching paths for us that we have to go run down in it. So it's even the littlest bits that we're getting are, are growing the story exponentially. Uh, and we're, we're, we're right in the middle of it. And it's so important to remember that, you know, we're not at the end of the road looking back. And we're not at the beginning of the road looking forward. We're, we, are, we are walking on this path as it's being built. Well, even the the stuff that's been here since vanilla, there's still so many mysteries behind it. Oh yeah. Um, just you know, this afternoon in our the fan chat, we are we're having a discussion about the vault of glass, and and there's I think it's, there's a few vex areas, or if you're going by a vex um, boss at the end of a strike or something, but there's air, you can see these little flashes of they almost look like two D ghosts, and uh, then we had someone in our chat. You know, saying, you know, that's, you know, an image of a, of Aegis that, you know, could be created. And, uh, and so then, you know, I quickly, you know, Sparrow <laughs> glitched into the vault and made my way to the Templar's well so I could zoom in with my sniper and kind of get, record a 30-second a video of these flashing ghost images on the screen. And then we had someone Photoshop, like, kind of, like, editing the photos and, like, putting them all <laughs> together so we could get clear images and, like, we're comparing, okay, is this the Aegis? Is this a ghost shell? Like, you know, we're, you know, we're having this discussion on this this stuff from the game that's been there for <laughs> yeah. over a year. <laughs> yeah, Paulie yep. Shore did that. He uh, he threw together the your your video flash, the Aegis, and a ghost all side by side, and we were comparing them, and it's like, man, they all look so similar. <laughs> Is is pretty amazing, um, and so you can we see those things in the Nexus Strike too. Yeah, yeah, yep. We are really pissing Gavel Ratchet off right now because I think yeah, we're at yeah. an hour and a half. Really long for a whisper. <laughs> yeah, for a, yeah, we need to just call them all episodes. For we're, whispers are done. I think we're just gonna, gonna <laughs> abandon that name. Um, but I do want to say one more thing because when you were talking about Sparrow Racing, this this uh, I I if you haven't noticed, I look a lot at character personalities and try to to explain or try to justify you know the how they think and what they what they say and and what kind of meaning it has as, as a person and if you uh thought Amanda Holiday was a complete badass which she is um and you didn't quite catch this line it just again expands even more on how awesome and tough she is uh but she called Shaxx a fat lady 
and I'm sure you guys have heard if you've raced enough, but but you know, whenever she says, Oh, it's it ain't over till it Shax hasn't sung or, or something yeah. like that. Oh, and I'm like, Holy cow, she just like called out the big man <laughs> and and uh so I thought that was amazing. But little that's the kind of stuff I think about when I when I listen and hear the lore is like, Man, you know, she just doesn't give two craps about what he thinks she's gonna say what she wants and he's gonna either that or it's you know maybe in a joking way but uh but that just to me again all these little conversations and little pieces just Mm -hmm. make make the game so and that's what we again oh go ahead i love the adjustments they've made to to amanda uh, also, her, man, her right arm tattoo is the most badass black work. <laughs> like, I have pretty hefty black work on my arms, but that I saw that tattoo, and I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> also, she has a cyborg leg, which is awesome, too. Yeah, yes, she does. Uh, and if... I thought it was funny. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into it. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll save it. Um, <laughs> so, again, man, I can't... This has been such a, an amazing... Uh, three months, year, uh, first year for us. And we can't wait to get into more and just, gosh, it's thinking about doing this for the life of destiny, which again, could be another nine, nine ish years is scary, but it also doesn't seem like it's long enough. I'm I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm like, Oh, this, this time is going to fly and it's going to be gone. And then what are we going to do? Hopefully Um, we can cover up. Book of Sorrows by then. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will do that. Um, all right. Well, this has been a fun episode. And again, I know we, we talked about some lore. Uh, we talked more about how much we enjoy what we're doing and love our fans and love our listeners and each other. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, oh my gosh, this is right now one of the greatest things I've, I've been a part of. And I can't even explain how much fun it is. And, we want you all to be a part of it, so please join us, talk to us, give us feedback. Uh, you can reach out to us again. You can just email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Give us some feedback there. Request your invite to our fan chat by putting fan chat in the subject title. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, you can find us. Um, just any any means you can think of, just get a hold of us and be a part of what we're doing. We... Uh, we welcome all of our listeners with with open arms and and just can't wait to to keep going. So thanks so much for supporting us and helping us get the word out. And we will see you next time. Yeah, uh, send send us questions, send us theories. We got we got a whole a whole another year of doing this. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, keep it. We keep had, the feedback coming. Yeah, we, uh, we, we love had great that fan question episode was so much fun. I'd love to do another one. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, thanks and good night. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.